Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Australian Survivor. Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. Survivor. 21 South African 12 Ordinary Australians. 15 New Zealanders. Give them the swamma. 1 million pounds. Million euro. Million. Million. Rubli. Tribe is both the tribe is both. Tribe is both. Tribe is both. Hello everyone, Shannon Garcia getting you ready for our week 4 X-Interviews for Australian Survivor Titans v Rebels, which means we have two X-Interviews this week, because, spoiler alert, the middle episode was a non-elimination. First I spoke to Charles about episode 10 and the way that all went down and his whole game, and then Kelly, a lot going on with Kelly, obviously a lot of fun was had, had to talk about the merch store, and also obviously her game. You'll hear it all, but we're going to be talking a lot about Kelly tonight when I recap this week with Simon Me Talking Tribal as well is already out in podcast form on YouTube, on 10Play. It's everywhere. If you can't find it, it may be a skill issue because truly it's everywhere. So 
Thank you so much for listening. Hope you check out all of the content and I will see you on the other side. Charles, welcome to RHAP. I'm so sorry to see the way that it went last night with a really, really big twist. I truly think you are one of the most twist screwed people I've ever seen. So I'm really sorry to see you go out of the game like that. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I am very sorry as well. Um, but anyway, it is what it is and I can't change it um, uh, now. But I have dwelled on uh, that night for the past six months, I'll be honest. Let's continue that dwelling. I'd love to talk about... Um, let's dive into <laughs> Hopefully the it doesn't turn into a rant. <laughs> yeah. well, let's, well, from me or from you? <laughs> no, no, from me. I'll, yeah, anyway. I've got a couple can, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, okay. Let's start with the, the rebels that you weren't aligned with, Ferris, Eileen, and Raymond specifically. What was the relationship like with them? Because obviously you got pretty heated at that tribal. Like, how do you look back at those relationships and that tribal council now? Uh, so they were actually... Funnily enough, watching it back last night was strange because right before that tribal, the relationships were actually very strong. Um, and after the tribal and and now, um, our relationships are very strong as well. I mean, I had um, lunch with Ferris and Eileen last week, um, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. um, we get along really well um, uh, socially. And I think the issue was, um, for me anyway, um, that with respect to uh, Ferris, I thought that obviously he's a he's a good game player. Um, I thought that he was, you know, trying to pull the strings too much and sometimes trying to be too clever. Um, and I'm a very direct person, and I think my strength out there was that I was very direct, um, and people trusted me, and people I think in large part liked me. Um, there was a similar issue with Eileen, um, but I think Eileen's problem was that you know she was playing double agent with everyone um, all the time. And to be honest, I don't really know if Eileen truly knew where she was actually aligned um, in the finish. So there were a few times where Eileen um, tried to come to me and and you know tell me to keep an open mind, which I think um, there were the words used a couple of times last night, um, and the first few times I was very open to working with Eileen and very open to um, keeping an open mind, but then time and time again, um, and we saw a couple of instances of this, but probably not all of them. um, People came to me separately and said, you know, this is what's up. Eileen's just um, thrown your name out and she wants you gone. Um, I, I mean, I've been told by Eileen that um, it's because uh, I am so direct and I added her, um, her double agent gameplay um, throughout the game in quite an open manner. So she didn't really like that. Um, but that being said, you know, I was, I was pretty open with everyone. I um, told Ferris what I thought about him and his gameplay during the game. I told Eileen what I thought about um, her and her gameplay during the, during the game. And most people appreciated that um, because they respected my openness. Yeah. So obviously, you know, with the conversation at that tribal council, like was it based on Eileen turning it back after you'd been kind of, you know, you had the whole hair code the whole day and then she goes rebel strong. I mean, Val's obviously pretty heated on that, you know, in regards to Ferris, but I feel like you yeah. know, you're, you're part of that well as well. So as you said, like the relationships are good before and after that tribal council, but was it that kind of betrayal in that that kind of like got it to that level? Um, yeah. So uh, I think you've, you've kind of nailed it. Um, 
it, it was um, the betrayal of that tribal, but kind of compounded by the fact that there were a series of betrayals beforehand. And at the the discussion at the well, when I said, you know, you've had a really tough game because you've been aligned with Ferris and he's kind of calling the shots and has been calling the shots with Garrick and just, you know, whispering between themselves and telling you and Ray what to do, which um, I think, uh, well, I think is a true account of what happened. Um I think Eileen probably, I mean, at the time she said it was as well um, and uh, agreed with me um, in relation to that. I'm not sure whether, um, you know, that was the truth or not. Um, but uh, I, I felt as though we had, or we could have had something going. Um, and to me, uh, being, I mean, I spoke about logic last night. Um, I was quite a logical and calculated player. It just didn't make sense for Eileen, in my mind, to make that last-ditch attempt Um to, you know, go rebel strong one final time and in front of everyone, um, you know, God knows um, why Eileen um, did that. Um, but, I mean, really you'll have to ask Eileen about that. But, you know, in my mind, she kind of desperately tried the rebel strong um, line before the Garrick vote um, in an attempt to send me home again um, and it failed miserably. Um, she, even she wasn't rebel strong at that point. She voted for Kelly at the previous tribal, tribal council. Um, so, you know, that's another thing. Um, and, you know, she asked to work with us right before that last tribal council um, and expressed a willingness to us to vote um, another OG rebel out. So um, anyway, uh, it is what it is, but um, the the whole thing just didn't make a lot of sense to me um, considering her previous conduct and, you um, her previous conduct leading up to, you know, that final day and then her conduct on the final day and then, you know, turning it around at the last minute in front of everyone was just bizarre. Well, she was going home though, right? Like walking to that tribal council, there's a split on her and Ferris. Like she's out the door, right? So maybe she's just at that point, like last ditch effort. I mean, maybe, um, but I know that Eileen's kind of, um, Anyway, it, it wasn't as clear cut as that, um, and maybe she was. Um, it wasn't thinking along those lines. Who, um, who? What was the plan? If that wasn't the plan, I mean, like, oh, well, definitely, there, there was a plan to, um, to you know, split across Eileen and um, and Ferris. But I mean, there could have been a last minute attempt to go across Ray as well, or or Ferris could have played an idol for for another person. We didn't think that he would. Um, and actually at that point, so Eileen had expressed a willingness to work with us. Um, and at that point, Ray also had expressed a willingness to work with us and put a vote on Ferris. Um, so anyway, there's a whole range of things that, that could have happened. Um, but, uh, you know, reading minds is, um, something that I just can't do. Um, and, uh, as I say, God knows why, um, Eileen did that, but, um, but I was a victim in the end, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, what was your reaction to the twist and then trying to survive through that, obviously losing five of six votes from your alliance, as many of the votes that your alliance had, um, almost all of them. So what was what was your thought process through from that challenge onwards? Um, so, so when JLP initially announced the twist, um, obviously <laughs> uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thrilled about it um, because there was such a clear um, majority on our end and we'd worked really, really hard. I mean, I, I don't think they show, considering the highlight has been Kirby and Ferris um, going at it, and I think that's, um, I understand why it's the case. They're very, very strong players. Um, but we had worked very, very, very hard um, 
to get through that previous tribal um, where Garrick went home um, and kind of we thought we were on the other uh, other side of that and we had a really good alliance going and we all kind of trust each other and before that tribal Scott turned to me and was like you know I feel really good about this um, it's been so rare throughout this game that I feel like I'm in a decent position that I can trust everyone in my alliance and I feel that like that with you guys um, so it's feeling really good and then um, he announces the uh, JLP announces the twist and um yeah, I kind of thought that sucks. Um, that's really, really annoying. Um, and, you know, why tonight out of all nights um, do they have to have a twist? Um, but obviously I don't call the shots. And then I did think to myself when we were preparing for the twist, uh, all hope's not lost because what are the chances of um, of Eileen and Ferris um, getting up? And then what are the chances of Eileen and Ferris then voting us out? Um and I kind of saw those train of events as still unlikely, um, considering, as you say, we had so many more votes or potential votes in them. Um, but anyway, I, I knew that if, if Ray got up, I mean, um, I love Ray to death. Um, he, he's not um, he's not the best at challenges sometimes. Um, but if Ray did get up, I, I think that, well, I, I doubt that he would have um, voted for me because we had a, a really good relationship. Um, but I knew that if Eileen and, and Ferris um, won a vote, then I'd definitely be in the crosshairs. We're not obviously players in Idol. Do you think you would have been the target regardless? And, and if so, why of the three of you, even over someone like Valeria, who was pretty harsh on Ferris in that tribal council, like what in your relationships do you think makes you the target there? So I think um, Ferris definitely wanted um, Winnegon, um, and there's a moment in that tribal um, where he actually says um, it's actually a really cool moment um, although I was on the wrong I mean we, we were on the wrong side of it where um, where Winner just asks Ferris straight up um, you know are you going to vote for me and Ferris says I am and then Winner says say Walla which um, means kind of swear to God in Arabic and is um, very is something that Ferris would take very seriously, and uh, Ferris looks at um, Winner and says "Walla." And at that point, I knew that there was splitting of votes, um, uh, so I didn't know necessarily whether uh, I would be the split. Um, but I had a pretty good idea, considering um, uh, Eileen uh, that I was outing her game and her double agent um, mm -hmm. plays constantly. And um, I think a couple of times she she said to me that she found me scary because of that. Um, so I knew that she'd be coming for me. And if Ferris was voting for winner, um, then Eileen would be voting for me, especially considering uh, Val said to Ferris, I think she said to Ferris at one point, why don't you play your idol for Eileen? Um, and everyone was very complimentary towards um, Val as a result of um, her saying some, some stuff like that during tribal. So anyway, uh, it, it was pretty clear to me that, um, that I was going to be a potential vote. And I thought at that point that they'd split the vote as well. So, you know, there was so much given, you know, in terms of the, the Kirby Ferris debate last week, and you said about that trust, we also heard a lot about like the numbers of four versus a three. What was the major driving factor for you taking out someone like a Garrick over someone like Kirby? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a numbers thing. Um, that was kind of the primary driver. Um, also, I think something that people don't necessarily appreciate that much um, watching it, you know, at home is that the relationships that people have and people's personality traits um, are a massive 
other things like that too. Um, Garrick and Ferris were super, super tight and they would constantly just be talking amongst themselves about gameplay and strategy just all the time. Um, and I think Ray, to a lesser extent, was involved in those conversations and Eileen was kind of a little bit on the outer, I felt, um, and flittering between or fluttering between um, uh, alliances and trying to play that double agent side of things. Um, so I thought that um, given Ferris and Garrick's closeness that I'd never um, be an equal with those two um, and I didn't trust Eileen at all given that she'd kind of come for me time and time again. So they were the main driving factors um, socially but then it just made a lot of sense rather than to be a three on the bottom of a four to have an alliance of equals with um, you know a three and a three um, there were some challenges with the 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 three and the three. Kelly um, mm -hmm. uh, is quite difficult to manage sometimes. <laughs> I love Kelly, but, but she can be a little bit um, difficult to manage and, and got frazzled sometimes. And you know, people were throwing my name out as like you know the the decoy vote, and she'd come and tell me, and then stir things up and make things just very very complicated. Um, but anyway, um, that's kind of how everything. Um, everything was decided, but it was a, a, a joint decision with everyone taking in, into account a range of factors. But um, pulling the wool over Garrick and Ferris's eyes was definitely, um, it, it wasn't easy. They kind of looked straight through you. Yeah, so we didn't get to see enough of your relationships and where you sat on OG Titans. Can you let us know mm. how you kind of saw the dynamics and the hierarchy of that tribe, how united you kind of felt it was and where you felt your primary relationships were? Yeah, so um, it was super united, um, to be completely honest, um, or in large part amongst the the dominant alliance. Um, so very early on, actually, I had to make a decision because um, there was a discussion with me, Frankie, and Nathan around a well. I think it was on in episode. It would have been in episode one, um, and uh, they don't show me providing much input into that discussion. I think they they mute my microphone at one point. Um, but mm -hmm. um, but during that discussion, Frankie and Nathan come to me and say, "Who are you thinking?" Um, here are the people that we think we can work with. Here are the people that we think we're on, uh, that are on the chopping block. And he threw out the names in particular of um, Viola and Mark. Um, from that discussion um, and another couple of discussions I'd had with, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, the middle-aged mafia or uh, whoever, um, but, uh, you know, Kitty, Caroline, Eden, Mark, um, Val and Viola, I went to um, Viola. I had a really strong relationship with her at that point and said, um, you know, this is what's happened. Frankie and uh, Nathan threw your name out. I know we said that um, we'd be honest with each other. I don't want to alarm you. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, this is what's what. Um, and I did the same with Mark as well. And I think from that point, that really kind of solidified my relationships with, with Mark and Viola. Um, although Mark was playing so many different um uh, narratives with so many different people, I didn't really trust him all that much. Um, whereas someone like Eden, um, who I formed really close bonds with early on, um, was a little bit more tactful um, with his relationship building and um, 
I think we were a lot more discreet than than Mark was with other people. So I think kind of um, the person I was closest to was was Eden, um, and um, I had a really good relationship with Caroline as well. Um, and I mean, I don't know whether being us three being parents has anything to do with it, but we all had that in common, um, and also had really good relationships with um, Viola, Mark. I didn't have really great relationships at the time with. Um, uh, Valeria and uh, Winner, but obviously formed pretty close bonds with them in the New Titans, New Titans tribe. Yeah, well, I feel like I manifested the, the Eden Charles Alliance preseason. I'm glad it happened, even if I didn't get to see it. <laughs> I know it was great. It really was great, and and it was like a lot of um, because being in a couple can be so dangerous, and we both um, understood that really clearly. Um, we would have you know really quiet. Um, covert discussions um, on the beach when people had you know gone to sleep and there wasn't a lot of people around that could see us talking or we'd kind of just have a quick check-in once a day being like what are you thinking what do you think about the gameplay is it going okay are you feeling nervous about anything yep cool done it would literally be like 30 seconds but we just had an understanding which was really nice yeah well last question viola told me on talking tribal that you were sabotaging the fishing efforts you're a vegan as a vegetarian i appreciate this greatly um and no one knew apparently she said she didn't know until she got off the island and then she was pretty upset about it so can you tell a little bit about the the vegan based plans to save samoan fish at the expense of your tribe mates (laughs) eating i know well um uh it, it happened right after um we won the fishing equipment so a couple of people knew that i had previously um done a lot of fishing um before i was vegan and i knew quite a, quite a lot about fishing when we won the when we won the um fishing equipment i basically said to everyone look i'm vegan i don't want to catch and kill fish but i'll give everyone um as many fishing tips as they like i'll rig up your um lines and and tie up your lures and i'll tell you when to fish and where to fish and all that type of stuff um they didn't know that um my nightmare scenario was you know everyone enjoying a nice meal of fish and rice and beans without me um and i didn't want them to be um you know full and me to go hungry i didn't want them to mix their you know their fish in with my rice as well yeah, like that no, would just be that. the worst yeah um so what i did is i i gave them a whole bunch of the pot, you know, really everything well, exactly, exactly, yeah, all of that 100%. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I gave them a whole bunch of um, bogus fishing tips. I told them, you know, where to fish. I rigged up their lines really bad. Um, and there was even one point where there was one particular lure that I thought was going to um, catch a bunch of fish there because it was just like a, a good a good lure for the area. Um, and I bashed that lure to a pulp with a rock. Um, <laughs> and at one point, Eden came up to me and he was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, gee, um, oh, the thing is, I think these lures are a little bit shoddy, like they're they're a bit old. So I'm just straightening out this lure with the rocks to make it go through the go through the water properly. And he was like, gee, man, lucky you're here. And I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, if only you knew you knew. Um, but no one no one found out about it while I was there. And um it was a nice um fun moment. So uh, I'm glad that Viola mentioned it. Yeah, well, look, thank you for saving the fish of Samoa. That means a lot to me. I totally understand. You know, for me, I'm always like, well, what would I do on Survivor as a vegetarian? I'm like, I just wouldn't go on. So I respect that you're like, yeah. I will go on and do my part to help the, the fish ecosystem. Are so small. Yeah, exactly. The fish are tiny. And like, even at one point, Mark grabbed a crab and it was like this little crab that was like oh. this big. And I was like, realistically, dude, like, are you going to get much meat from that? Can I just let it go? And he was like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I respect it a lot, Charles. I'm really sorry to see you go, especially the way that you did. I will go Thanks to bat. so much. No matter how mad the internet might be, I will keep talking about how unfair I felt <laughs> the twist is. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really sorry to see you go for that reason. I know you're a really big fan of the show. So I hope that it was an amazing experience. And thank you so much for coming It on to was. the podcast. Thanks so much, Shannon. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kelly, welcome to Rob Has a Podcast. I have Rebel Cal in my head. I was just listening to your parody video on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. It was really, it was great. Honestly, that's going to be in my head all day. But Kelly, so sorry <laughs> to see you go. You were a mammoth character on this season. Someone that I think will always be remembered. And I have I have a lot of questions because you got so much done in your time in the game. Yes, that's right. Thank well, you very want, much for your comments. Of course. Well, I want to talk about your relationship with, with Kirby because it felt like it was so important. So can you let me know, like, how did that start so strong and then when did it start to falter? My story with Kirby is quite beautiful. I have a very strong affinity with Aboriginal people and my brother's an Indigenous man. And um, Kirby was standing on the beach and I saw this woman and I thought, what a beautiful Aboriginal woman. She looks strong, she looks powerful, and I want to be part of her alliance. And that was the first moment we got to Survivor. Yeah, and so then where did it all go wrong? Because we saw last night with, with Raymond and the, and the way that it was going poorly. Was it really just about the idea that they might target Raymond in the future? Was it as we saw with those kind of other relationships coming into play? Where, where did that start to kind of crack? Look, I was very conscious that we were coming into merge and I just know that at that point I would like to take out a more significant player and for me a more significant player was technically Kirby, right? Um, but there's a loyalty attached to me so I really didn't want to target Kirby but technically she was our significant player that when I tried to get with the Ferris Alliance that that would have been the, the best idea. But instead I said, how about, I said to Kirby, how about we take out someone else? like, you know, um, Winner or like Eileen or someone else. And I think Kirby was in her mind, had her gameplay going on, which is fair enough. Everyone has their own gameplay. And for her, that wasn't the right move. So we had a clash of opinions. And at that moment, I went into protection mode because I protect the underdog. And I just thought, well, I might as well keep going, save Ray and split from my alliance and moved to the second alliance, which was Ferris's alliance. 
So you voted for winner there. Obviously, these relationships like Val and Winner and, and Charles, who just went, there seems like there's some distance there, especially if you're voting for Winner and thinking he could be a target. What were those relationships like from people who were in your alliance up to this point? Look, I think that Kirby um, and Scotty were using the OG Titans to get to merge, and that's what they did tell me. Um, but I had had a previous conversation with Eileen and Ferris and we talked about trying to be rebel strong as much as we could going into merge and we had that conversation prior to all of that and I tried to ask um, Kirby and Scotty whether we could go OG um, original rebels strong and um, they didn't want that so that's why I believed I should take out an original Titan and hopefully Ferris and Eileen and Ray would have agreed with that. So did you have hope going into your final tribal council that there would you would be with Ferris's group against someone like a winner or did you feel like everyone was on you at that point? Look, I'm not going to lie because I'm not a liar. Um, I knew that my back was up against a wall and I had previously put targets on my back and I managed to, you know, slip under... Uh, the radar in terms of that first target, I thought, well, they're probably going to think I'm unpredictable, unpredictable and they can't trust me. So I was pretty certain that it was my time to go. But, you know, obviously you hold a little bit of hope because you never want to leave this marvellous game. Um, but, yeah, it didn't happen. So, Yeah, well, I'd love to talk about the feast because obviously Kirby sees you talking to Kitty and giving information and kind of painting a, a target on Kirby's back and, and your former ally's yes. back. What was the thinking in terms of that? And did you know you were kind of getting clocked in that moment and how that might be perceived? Absolutely. I did it totally openly. I was public about it. There was no hidden secrets. I did it in front of Scotty because I knew that Merge was so close and I'd already previously developed those relationships with Kitty and Caroline in when I moved over to, to the Titans. That was my whole purpose. I actually started to form those little alliances, which is why I didn't tell the rebels anything. Um, and I just thought I've got to get in quick. And you hear me say, if I'm not here, please be aware this is what's going on. So Kirby, by that point, I'd made my decision. I knew that they were no longer my alliance. I actually say that in the edit last night. You can hear me. And I thought, well, I've done it now. I'm just going to go right out and tell everyone what's going to happen in post-merge so people have some understanding of, of, of where, where what we've been dealing with. Yeah. Well, what about someone like Raymond, who, as you said, you protect the underdog and your relationship with him is so important that that's kind of like a sticking point here. And then he votes for you in this final tribal council. How do you look back at a relationship like that with so much loyalty? And then you see last night, he's not looking hard enough for the idol. I'm sure as, you know, a, a parent to a young man, maybe you understand that when it's like, you know, your son's not making the bed as he should or something like that. So maybe, maybe there's some parallels there. But how do you look back at that relationship with Ray and how it all kind of went down there? Look, let's just say that Ray didn't really do a lot at all around the camp. Okay. He does really remind me of even younger than my 16-year-old son. Um, and so that wasn't a surprise to me. But, you know, genuinely I do believe Ray was stressed at that time. It was very difficult for him. He felt very conflicted, as did I, about the Kirby vote. He felt very conflicted. But, you know, Ray was a beautiful man. It was a very strong bond, but he also was my shield going into merge. Um, and for Ray, I think um, he just, at that point, he knew I was going, so he knew he had to protect himself. So I would have written down my name too if I was Ray. 
Well, from something really positive to something a little bit maybe positive and negative, I'd love to talk about the Alex relationship, which is one of my favorite dynamics that I've seen. So up and down, you single-handedly saved him in the game. It feels like there was no real love lost, though, after that. So <laughs> tell us about that relationship and why you made the decision to save him over Tobias. Look, I'm a rebel, right? You know that. Everyone rebel knows Kel. I'm a rebel. I take risks. <laughs> rebel Kel, I take risks. I like to throw bombs and grenades in life in general. As a psychologist, that's my job. I actually be, you know, evocative for a reason, you know, because I'm trying to create big emotional reactions. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create a big emotional reaction, number one. Number two, when I saw um, the cuddle crew, the, the alliance with Peter was gone, so there was a triangle. So I called it a dynamic of a triangle. And up the top of the triangle was, in fact, Tobias. Alex was on one corner down the bottom and so was Sarah because them both, they mm. had the strong alliance with Tobias. Sarah and Alex didn't really have a strong alliance. So I knew if I took out that top of the triangle, boom, the alliances were completely blown apart, which is what we saw happen. Alex was scrambling. Sarah was scrambling to try and get new alliances. And I believe that Sarah was going to be one of my shields too. So I was going to bring her closer to me. And, also, Alex, you can read. I'm, I love Alex to death. Don't get me wrong. We have a frenemy relationship, which is fantastic banter and great for the screen. But you can read, Alex. It's pretty obvious. Whereas Tobias was a really quiet, dark horse, just wandering around the camp, not really saying or doing much. That's why when you see me say, hey, do you want to do anything? Do you want to, like, talk to people? No. So, yes, the dark horse is a concern for me. So that was also another reason. Yeah, well, I, I, did you think you would be a little bit more grateful though, Alex, in the fact that you had single-handedly oh, yeah. saved him? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, but you know, I, I know this though. Sometimes with people, when you really do things to help them out, they can get this anxiety about having to owe you back, and they just don't want to do that. So I feel for Alex, there might have been that anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I've got to owe Kelly back, and I don't want to owe Kelly back. I know you said on Talking Tribal about kind of freeing Sarah up and that, and I noticed in your merch store it said don't be tempted by his big juicy apple Snow White. And then I put two and two together when Sarah said last week that you had compared it to Snow White. So I, that's what that merch is about, right? Yeah. So all my merch, everything on that merch is everything that I said on the show. Everything from the smiling assassin, my nickname to Ferris, to the mushroom, to the big juicy apple. I really tried to tell her in advance to be voting out Tobias. That whole day I spent hours trying to tell her the fairy tale of Snow White and how that 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 um, Tobias represented the Wicked Witch with his apple. And she said, and who are you, Kelly? And I said, I'm that little dwarf trying to protect you, that one called Happy. <laughs> so it was quite a fun time. Well, what was, what was the mushroom? What's the mushroom shirt? So you see that in one of the episodes where I pretend as though I know nothing and I'm a mushroom that sits in the dark and it's and it's fed bullshit <laughs> or right. shit. Okay, well, let's talk about it. I mean, you pretend, you lied about being a psychologist. That was such a big part of your game. Yes. Tell us the, the reasoning behind that. Look, I went into the game and I wanted to play the game as a fun, silly, you know, a, a character that was just very naive and didn't know anything and so that I could really slip under that radar that I know that I am not a wallflower. I have never been a wallflower in my life. So I knew that wasn't going to work trying to be a dark horse being a wallflower. At that point, that wasn't going to work with for that character. 
So I thought I'll play it huge. I'll play it profoundly big, funny, crazy, silly. And you know what? People will never see me as a threat. And, you know, it worked. People really didn't ever see me as a threat. From your perspective, how so how much of that is put on? Like how much of the real Kelly did we see out there compared to like the character that you feel you were playing out there? Look, I, I'm a positive psychologist and that I promote positive psychology. So all that positive energy you saw and that happiness is really me. But I'm smart and I know that the audience wants to have emotional reactions. So I like triggering emotions in people. So, of course, I played my character exceptionally huge because this game needed a character like me. It needed someone who was impulsive and someone who was like totally out there that you couldn't really know what she was doing. I mean, otherwise, I feel like it's quite predictable and a little bit boring for me. So I didn't want to be boring and I wanted to create a character that wasn't boring for the TV show. So, yeah, you know, viewers have to decide for themselves, I suppose, with that question. Well, let's talk about one of those very not boring moments where you are sent over to the Titans tribe um, with the sabotage plan and you don't go with the sabotage plan, but it seems you kind of also, you know, you end up seeking rebel strong. So how did you kind of see that experience, those decisions within that? And then where did you feel your loyalties were lying within all of that? Look, remember on that episode, I sit there and I say, don't send me, don't send me. I was really trying to weasel out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Don't send me. They all ordered me to go basically so I was like oh well you kicked me out so I didn't tell a lie I said to the Titans they kicked me out um look uh, I knew going over there this was my only opportunity my only opportunity to develop alliances with those people to begin with them obviously you can't do a lot in that short amount of time but I know that I'm a very social player and I know in my real life people like me so I just used that skill and I told them the information that they that they needed to know that I thought was going to help me. And um, I, I didn't go win the challenge because may the best team win because I had good options on either side. So I actually didn't mind which way it went, to be honest. And getting to the Titans was quite nice. They were lovely people and the Rebels were awesome, but just a very different vibe at both camps. So I was happy for it to go either way. And I'm a risk taker, like I said. So I threw it up to the Survivor Gods and, you know, it happened. Was there anything you told them that we didn't see maybe about the sabotage plan or could we oh, kind of see I also talking about the, the box or anything like that? Look, I lied to them about the box. <laughs> I said to them, there's no box. I think they're mm-hmm. just lying to you. I think Ferris is just playing with you. There's no box. So they're all like, Hmm. okay, is there a box? Is he just lying to us? Because they're already a bit suspicious of Ferris. Mm. So that was really fun. That that they were really like, maybe there's not a box. I think, and they were actually saying to me, maybe Ferris is just tricking us with a box. I said, of course. I also tried to, in the scramble, because they didn't know what was happening. So in the scramble, they thought that I had a boat. So they, were, they actually, you actually didn't see me in the scramble, but they were actually coming up to me saying, okay, Kel, they were actually scrambling with me, which was quite fun. I liked that. It was a different scramble than the Rebels. And um, I tried to vote out a big player, you know, a big strong player because I had a feeling that I'd have to go back to the Rebels because I knew I was going to not throw the challenge and I know that the Rebels are a stronger tribe when it comes to physical challenges. So I tried to throw out Nathan. I love Nathan, but I tried to talk to them about removing Nathan or Jaden. So they ended up removing Nathan. So, yeah, that was um. That was kind of how I wanted it to go anyway. Were there any key relationships that we missed 
either on the Rebels or on those couple of days of the Titans. You mentioned Kitty and Caroline, but, you know, players like we kind of see Eileen working with you. Obviously, someone is Scott, like Scott is is someone that you were aligned with. So looking across those tribes, who else stands out as some really pivotal relationships that you had in the game? So my pivotal relationships were clearly Kirby and Ray. That's obvious. One pivotal relationship which people don't realise is Ferris that I really had a wonderful, beautiful relationship with Ferris. That's why I nicknamed him the Smiling Assassin. And I gave him this beautiful, at times, you know, I looked after him, you know, because I saw him struggling at times on the island. He's a big guy. I'm not a, I'm not a big person. You know, he might tell you I gave him some of my food and things like that. I loved Ferris's values and I really thought that we were aligned in terms of how we were as people. And um, we both don't drink alcohol, so that was a good thing too. So Eileen was another beautiful relationship. I had Ree, Scotty, and over at the Titans, I didn't have long, but I really liked Nathan. I thought he was a beautiful man. I thought Jaden was hilarious, and I started to try and form those relationships with Caroline and Kitty. What was it like coming back from the Titans? We And we see Kirby say, like, it's split down the middle now. Like, we don't sit with those people. And as you said, there were positive relationships there. So what was that like, you know, leading in before the swap? Look, before I left, I knew that Eileen was trying to play both sides and I kept saying to her, don't do it, babe, don't do it. But she, she that was her gameplay. And I was just, I thought Eileen was going to stay with us kind of girls and misfits with Scotty a little bit. So I was a bit surprised by that. And then when Ray said to me, I've, I've gone with Ferris and Garrick and um, Alex, I wasn't totally surprised because prior to me going, there was these conversations that we could see forming and Ray was always on the edge on the periphery of those conversations and he was on the periphery of ours. So, you know, Ray could have went either way and I was a bit sad and I was like, but you gave me your game of game of girlfriend t-shirt. You know, we can't break up basically now. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was a bit, bit surprised and it all happened within the 24 hours I wasn't gone. So that proves that when that how quickly dynamics shift in this game. They're shifting every hour, every minute. And uh, people in the audience don't realise how fast this game is and how quickly those dynamics can change. That's what makes it such an incredibly brilliant game. Yeah, well, you definitely brought a lot to that, Kelly. You will be remembered for a very long time. Truly an iconic character. I hope everyone goes, <laughs> listens to the parody song, buys the merch. Yes. Don't be tempted by his big, juicy so Apple Snow White top. Like, Universal. That's a great buy. It's my really birthday tomorrow, buy. Kelly. I will take I will take an Apple shirt. I will Your take birthday. Yeah. Can I have Your a shirt? Birthday. Oh fantastic. <laughs> I oh, really look, want this no white single? shirt. Are you single? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. Oh, but, but I still think it would I would be it would work in a kind of an ironic way. Yes, it would work in an ironic way. And I said I said online greater than a dating app why not buy the are, are you single and walk around the city and i'm sure you will attract your new love by doing that if we only had risk takers in the world i think my merchandise is going to go off oh you you mean the are you single shirt i thought you were asking if i was single and i was like that's a kind of forward um but i um yeah. i'll take an are you single shirt too there's a lot of good quality <laughs> merch there kelly so people need to go buy thank the merch. thank you so much it's in your link in bio, right? People go to the merch store. But... Yeah, my link in my bio. Thank you very much. And like, it's all for fun. And, you know, I also, no one knows, but I want to sell Nathan's jacket that he gave me on the island. I want to raise funds for charity. That's okay. what I want to do. I want to raise funds for mental health. Amazing. So that's what I, I want to do. I want to put Are You Single on Nathan's jacket and I want to um, get me and Nathan to sign it and I want to auction it off for mental health charity. So that's my hope that I can do. 
and and I'm sure Nathan will be with me on that. And yes, the merchandise is all fun. Please buy it. And my rebel, my rebel Kel song is a parody, and it's my time on the island. And I think it's uh, I can't sing to save myself. Trust me. But it was just, it was just the thing that I could do to give back to fans and to give back to the Survivor community because it is an incredible game. And thank you for being a wonderful podcaster, and thank you for talking tribal and everything like that. It's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Everyone follow Kelly along for the charity, for the merch, all of it. But thank you so much, Kelly, and hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you. Bye. Love you. Bye. There you have it, everyone. Honestly, I did not know how to respond to Kelly ending the interview saying, that she loved me. I felt like I was caught unaware like Ryan Atwood in season one of the OC. I love Kelly too. I just, in the moment, it was hard for me to respond in that way. I'd also been just caught out and she, the whole, she, I thought she was asking if I was single. Um, and I didn't, I thought the reason she was asking is because a single woman should wear a shirt that says, don't be tempted by his big juicy apple. And maybe a married woman shouldn't or an attached woman shouldn't. Um, that was my line of thinking, just to clear up what I was thinking at the end of that Kelly interview. But look, we had a lot of fun. I'm glad that we got to clear up some of the merch and there'll be so much Kelly talk on the recap tonight with Simon. So as I said at the top of the podcast, Talking Tribal is out. You have the exits here and then the recap with Simon should be out. I'm, I'm recording tonight, so in a little bit of time. But hope you guys enjoyed this exit interview. Hope you enjoyed the pre-merge of Australian Titans v Rebels. We are halfway through. It's only been kind of extremely exhausting, but we're having fun. We're having a good time. Uh, a lot to talk about with the twist this week, a lot going on. So thank you so much, as always, for supporting the podcast. Follow me at Shannon Gates so you don't miss anything, and I will see you next time. Bye. Australian Survivor. Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. 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 21 South African 12 Ordinary Australians 16 New Zealanders 1 million pounds Million It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.